0: Today, we're going to talk about cannabis and what happens when Mexico goes legal, the opportunities involved with that, as well as what's going on in South Dakota, kind of taking a step back, New Mexico, taking a step forward. So we're going to round off with who's illegal and then which uh, states are legal all coming up. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got Katrina Golgowski, Angel Investor and Attorney. Thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, let's talk about Mexico, some of the opportunities that are kind of coming up uh, from there. Benzinga had an article coming out and they cited um, Poseidon Asset Management uh, in the article. So... um, they talk about that. It's not clear about what companies are able to take advantage of the Mexican market, but Emily Paxia of Poseidon Asset Management said that she's aware of some public Canadian companies and a couple of private U.S. companies looking to get involved. She didn't identify which ones, um, but she said most of the big U.S. multi-state operators are too busy that they've already uh, gotten into a lot of um, debt obligations and, and um, funding rounds. And so they're uh, up to the eyeballs in the United States, so they're not really able to take advantage of Mexico. Uh, however, she thinks that some of the smaller companies with medical or scientific focus could set up shop um, in Mexico. Some players, especially Canadian ones, have talked up the opportunities, but she suspects that has more to do with attracting headlines than actually getting involved.
1: Well, Josh, I would be very surprised if Mexico. Opens their borders to either Canadian or U.S. Uh, companies to process marijuana in their com- in their country, uh, because you're looking at uh, import/export there, which is still not legal uh, with the United States, maybe with Canada, uh, and um, Mexico has historically been fairly possessive. Of their land, uh, for example, just a general U.S. citizen uh, cannot own land in Mexico. Uh, you can do these complicated land trusts, but but you can't own it free and clear. So I would suspect that Mexico will be a little bit more protectionary. Did I just make up a word? Uh, uh, than the uh, than Canada, but that may change if they need an influx of capital. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, and once they put they publish the regs, we'll see who can and can't go into Mexico. And then we have, of course, the question of whether you want to go into Mexico or not. Uh, so that's that's for another day, Josh.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, just really kind of talking about just on the surface level of opportunities in Mexico is there's still a heavy stigma because of all of the cartels down there. So a lot of people in Mexico are not going to buy pre-rolls, for example. They might buy uh, vape pens or tinctures or topicals or edibles. You're not probably going to see a lot of flour initially, uh, which is very contradictory to what we've seen in all of North American rollouts where flour and pre-rolls are uh, predominant sellers. With the exception of conservative areas like uh, Arizona, where you're seeing a lot more vape pens, so I would look at that as kind of a model of what products you might be able to get away with in Mexico. But, it, like the article mentioned, it's going to be heavily um, dominated by the pharmaceuticals and the benefits of that. Those are low margins, and you got to be a big player. So. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be really uh, something where a San Diego company, for example, could just you know, hop 20 minutes to the south and be successful. It's not going to be like that. I think this is something where you're going to see a lot of uh, failures because people are trying to go in and they aren't able to maybe get the medical um, uh, authorization, whatever the equivalent of the FDA is, or Health Canada, to be able to have the advertising and wherewithal to to have claims
1: Well, Josh, I would expect there to be caution across the board, given the rush into Latin America, and then the subsequent withdrawal, especially of the Canadian uh, big five out of uh, Latin America. So I think that it'll be a little bit more cautious this time, and we'll just have to wait and see.
0: I I would just like to close out with this segment and say that I'd like to see Mexican brick weed in one pound blocks of really sticky, icky cannabis. Uh, and then it just like sticks together so I would like to see something new and different but a spin off the old maybe I don't know someone's going to come up with something good though um, maybe Cheech and Chong and their dispensaries will be popular down there I have no idea what's what not yeah we'll see what's well, not popular is uh, medical cannabis in South Dakota so apparently there's a governor that wants to restrain the medical cannabis laws So the governor early um, on attempted to delay the state's medical cannabis program. Now she's trying to add restrictions to the voter approved law. Um, So, yeah, kind of one of those areas. Montana was one of the only states that had medical. And then the governor kind of came in and said, nope, not going to do it. So something to do with those Canadian border states where they're just like, nope, we're going to do our own thing don't care about the voters. So the governor's proposal would require support from two thirds of both legislative chambers to suspend the rule. And the legislators scheduled to adjourn on March 29th, but could call for a special session. So they're trying to kill this voter approved recreational bill. Um, Whether or not it happens, I I think it's kind of a mute point because it's just kind of progressing throughout the country. So this is just a delay if anything else, in my opinion.
1: I, I agree. Uh, I think wasn't it South Dakota that the citizen initiative uh, was a little, what was written a little poorly, so they had multiple uh, provisions in one law, and that was unconstitutional. We've seen that before, especially. Vermont, maybe. Hmm?
0: Was that Vermont?
1: Maybe it was Vermont. Um, I don't. I don't know. There's so many these I days. I can't remember. Uh, and so hopefully they're just trying to clean that up. But if they're trying to restrict the will of the voters, I think they're gonna have a hard time because the voters will just turn around and clean up the bill, assuming there was an issue with the bill and, and vote it in again. Uh, we see this in Washington over and over again. If, if the will of the voters is not uh, adhered to, they just voted in again.
0: Yeah. Well, first they're going to vote that governor out in two to four years and then they'll vote it back in. So again, it's just a simple delay. Um, that person is trying to you know, put their own opinions on what the will of the people are, but that's not the, what happens in New Mexico. That governor is actually calling for a special session to get uh, you know all those people off the couches and back in uh, and do their job. So mm-hmm. they want to focus on adult use cannabis. So uh, Governor Michelle uh, Grisham, as expected, is calling for a special legislative session to try and get adult use cannabis legislation past the finish line. Uh, they're going to start that on March 30th, so that would be a tomorrow, I guess, at the time of taping. So um, Senate leaders, they decided to turn uh, the pressing matters in the final two days of the regular session that ended March 20th, and so they're going to kind of move forward, um, hopefully considering... The short session, they'll be able to pass that, but not really sure how effective that's going to be. But I guess um, it's good just f- to get that out there, making it a priority.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Josh. Uh, you and I have discussed on this podcast multiple times that states are desperate, absolutely desperate for the tax dollars that legalized cannabis brings and the jobs that legalized cannabis brings to the state. Uh, And so the fact that the New Mexico legislature is really pushing forward is a good sign. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't take four years to actually issue the first license, because that'll be kind of ridiculous at this point. But again, legalization in and of itself is a good move. And my recollection is that New Mexico is already a medical cannabis state. So uh, this, this shouldn't be difficult for them to pass this legislation.
0: Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully, it doesn't take like three years, like um, Vermont was talking about. Right. All right. So let's take a look and see um, who's legal, who's not. So, fully illegal is Idaho, Kansas, Nebraska, and American Samoa. So, that's a total of 6.7 thousand people that have zero access. uh, That's
1: millions, Josh.
0: What did I say? 6.7 thousand? Yep. Did I really, what does six point seven thousand even mean? Anyways, 6.7 <laughs> million, um, thank you. Yeah, it's Monday, English is struggling in my mouth. Um, so a third degree uh, states, population of uh, 89 million, that includes Alabama and Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Wisconsin, Wyoming. So that means um, they have severely limited access So hopefully that'll change pretty soon. Kentucky I've mentioned is the most underfunded state uh, for their pension plan. So just count on them to uh, as soon as um, uh, Mitch McConnell gets out of the way, boom, done. Medical use only um, there's 117 million people in a whole slew of states that have medical use. And then uh, of course with uh, adult recreation We've got 17 states plus DC.
1: And Guam and the Mariana Islands.
0: Right. Yeah. You uh, know,
1: Josh, this chart is very telling. Uh and you and I talk about federal legalization uh and the normalization of cannabis. And if you look at this chart. Uh, the great majority of the population in the United States already has access to legal cannabis on a recreational or medical basis. And these holdout states, uh, there's just so few holdouts left. Uh, Idaho, you can say what you want about Idaho. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Idaho, uh, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, they, they might be the last to fall. But if you see here, Texas is in the yellow zone, and my my prediction has always been: been once can, once Texas falls, the rest will fall with Texas. Uh, and so I would suspect legalization on the ballot or on the um, on the legislative agenda in this year or next, at the latest for Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. There, I gave you the state so you can call me and yell at me that I was wrong, but uh, I think I'm going to be right.
0: Yeah, the fact that Louisiana is uh, medical use only, and so is Mississippi and Missouri, and that's that's pretty telling right there. So only 6.7 million people fully illegal versus 120 that are uh, recreational use is telling right there. And so here's another uh, map, just kind of show you uh, in a different uh, light, who is adult use, who's medical use and who's severely limited. It's a very small little bubble here by comparison. So um, Puerto Rico, they're already uh, on board with medical use. Hopefully they'll go uh, rec, but down there it's uh, kind of got to go with what you can get. Um, all in all on the severely limited list, I, I think the next person you like you mentioned, Texas and the other state, uh, after that, um, Kentucky and yeah, the rest are just going to fall like dominoes.
1: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to see it Josh, because there's going to be FOMO, uh, these states that are on the severely limited list, uh, are surrounded by legal states. Uh, they're missing out on the tax revenue. They're missing out on the jobs and, the, the residents of their states are just driving to the next county or the next state and getting their cannabis and coming back so these states will fall uh, it's just a matter of time
0: yeah let us know which state you think is going to be dead last is it going to be idaho let us know with that we're going to roll this one up i want to thank my guest katrina i want to thank my guest katrina glogowski angel investor and attorney thanks again for being on the talking hedge thanks Josh.
1: Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.